Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Walking On Air, the podcast for the whole Nordic walking community, from beginner to instructor, wherever you are in the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, and each week I will be discussing various topics with Nordic walkers who are experts in their own particular fields, covering a diverse range of topics about ways in which Nordic walking benefits health and well-being. If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, just the price of a cup of coffee, by clicking on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts. In this episode, I'm talking to Derek Holloway from Reading, who qualified as a British Nordic walking instructor in September 2021. 
When you hear Derek's story, you will realise what a remarkable achievement qualifying as an instructor actually is. Back in 2018, during the Beast from the East, Derek contracted pneumonia. Whilst in hospital recovering, he suffered a stroke, which affected his limbs and mobility. Through perseverance, physiotherapy and Nordic walking, Derek has regained his fitness and has kindly agreed to share his experience with us today. Welcome to Walking On Air, Derek Holloway. Thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, hello. Derek, could you possibly start by just letting us know about your history of exercise? Yes. For many years, I used to be a really good track cyclist and road cyclist. I was nearly semi-professional. I used to race for a bike shop, but we used to have to hide our bike shop names under stickers <laughs> because it was the early 60s and professionalism wasn't allowed to be uh, to be done, yeah, to be shown. And after that, I started running, still cycling, I've raced cars, I've done sort of all sorts of things, anything that was fun. I thought it was fun, I did. So you were an active person, weren't you? I was a very active person, yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of businesses running at the same time. And so you very kindly come on today to uh, share your experiences of having a stroke. I wondered if you could just tell the listeners the story of what actually happened. Yeah, sure. At the time, I was sort of interested in motorbikes. I got my 125 licence and I was trying for my full licence during the Beast from the East. Mm-hmm. I got extremely cold doing my test. It was a week-long course with a test at the end of it. And during that session, I developed uh, pneumonia. And with the two businesses running and the stress of my um, daughter, she lost her husband a couple of months earlier. And was trying to get her flat sorted out and everything. And then everything was just sort of piling up and pneumonia hit me. I ended up in the Royal Barks Hospital for pneumonia. And they said, oh, we'll keep you in for observation, very luckily. And during the night, I, um, I had a very severe stroke. I don't remember much about the stroke. I sort of just felt really calm during it. You know, it was just, this is happening to me. Right, how are we going to get out of this? It was about sort of four years um, this April away. So were you aware at the time that you were actually having a stroke or was it somebody in the hospital, a member of staff, who noticed what was happening? There was a member of staff. The doctor came round and sort of described some medication for me and I just felt so calm. It was unbelievably I felt so, so very, very calm. Normally, you sort of think of something like that because this could have been the end of my life. Yes. I just felt so calm and relaxed and, okay, this is happening to me. How are we going to get out of this situation? You know, it's like before I've been sort of whitewater rafting and I sort of 
was upside down under the water. I had this paddle in my hand, which they told me to keep hold of at all costs because I only had a limited supply. And I was sort of being bounced along the bottom and I just threw it away. It felt exactly like that, not frightening at all. Gosh. And can you tell us how it impacted your life at, straight afterwards? Straight afterwards, my wife came in with my clothes to take me out for the next day. I said to her, um, I've got something to tell you. I've had a stroke. She said, no, you haven't. I said, yes, I have. Then they wheeled me down to the stroke um, department. The whole of my left side was like frozen. I couldn't eat. Um, my voice was really on the edge of sort of going completely. That was it. I thought I was sort of, you know, finished. I'm going to fight back, you know. The same day, they had two nurses either side taking me down to physio on the same day, and they put me on the exercise bike. And luckily, being a cyclist, the memory sort of come back, and I was able to pedal. Even with your left-hand side? Yes, yeah, I couldn't walk, but obviously I've cycled so much during my life. The muscles just took over and we managed to do, I think it was two kilometres, according to the records. But that was a good, good time. I thought, yes, I can fight back from this. So what have you done to come from that point of limited mobility and struggling with your speech and things to where you are today? Because the listeners can't see you, but I can see you on Zoom and you sound very clear. You look great. So what have you done in that period of time, which is less than four years? Well, lucky enough, I was a fighter and the physio people recognise this. And so many other people didn't want to try. I was lucky enough to have sort of two to three periods of physio a day. I was absolutely worn out, but it was a way of me getting back. Then I came back and I had a physio at home, which used to take me out. And she was brilliant as well. She would say, well, what's your aim? I said, well, one of my aims was to walk the dog. So off we went walking a dog. Then a couple of weeks later, she said, um, what do you want to do now? She took me out of my boat. A couple of weeks later, she said, what's your aim now? Well, I'd really like to be able to ride a bike again. She said, well, you'll probably fall off. You know that, don't you? I said, well, it's not the first time I've fallen off a bike, you know, let's go for it. So we pushed the bike up to the local park. I started cycling around. And, you know, a few wobbles, a few bits of blood, but, you know, that's usual for a cyclist, you know. It's all part of the course. All part of the course, yeah. Then a bit later on, I said, well, I'd really like to start jogging again. And so, well, I don't think you can. I said, well, let's give it a go, you know. So I started running again. And from there, I went back to sort of playing walking rugby which is completely different from the pure game, but it's sort of non-contact, but we do contact, you know, being rugby players. Yeah. And just the freedom of starting to move. And the more I've done different things, the more I could do. I got back into running all stupid things <laughs> and loved it, you know, really slow, but still getting round. 
and I was spending less and less time with my wife because I was out training and what have you. Then I saw a car with um, Nordic walking advertised on it. And so I said to Val, my wife, do you fancy having, having a go at that? You know, it's something you both do together. She said, yes, and that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> fantastic. So when was that in relation to when you'd had your stroke? How many months afterwards when you first picked up a pair of Nordic walking poles? That was approximately two years afterwards. Okay. So you had regained your mobility fully or just partially by this point? I mean, if you were running, it sounds like you were pretty good. Yes, I was sort of. I still couldn't feel hot and cold on my left hand. And my balance was a little bit wobbly. And I would tire very easily. But you just could push through that, don't you? Yeah. So what benefits did you gain from Nordic walking? It was an ongoing journey. You know, I started off walking with the instructor. Then we started walking in the groups. We started doing gentle paces. I ended up looking after the faster walkers because I was sort of an ex-runner and I was sort of fit, fairly fit at the time. Well, fit, fit as I could be for the situation I was in. So I was able to keep up with them. Then just before the first lockdown, she said, would you like to be an instructor? No, a walks leader, sorry, walks leader. And I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. Then she started doing her Parkinson's group. Yes. And this was instructor. This was the instructor. It was her business and she was sort of starting to run a Parkinson's group over in Bracknell. And she said, well, would I come along to help? Yeah, no problem. So I went along to help and, you know, made friends with the people. Then all of a sudden she got overwhelmed with work. So she closed it down. Me being me, I thought, I don't know, the British Nordic walking seems a lot more community orientated. So I signed up for my instructor's exam and training with Steve. He said, I walk like um, a railway sleeper at first. (laughs) But now, you know, I can move and flow. Uh, the audience will be familiar with Steve. Uh, that's Steve Ellis, who has yes, been Ellis, an interview, yeah. uh, an interviewee, and an interviewer on this podcast because he interviewed me at the end of the last series. Um, so he was your national instructor for becoming a Nordic walking yeah. instructor, was he? Yeah, and I think he he said that um, that phrase during my training and plenty of trainings before and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> And I just also wanted to ask what you find most rewarding about being a Nordic walking instructor now. I love meeting the different people. I sort of got two Parkinson's groups myself and I take gentle paces out. We have a laugh. With the gentle paces, we go out on a Tuesday morning, we go for a walk, it's raining, we don't care. If it's sunny, we have coffee and cakes. Afterwards, we play poo sticks because we have to cross a bridge. We have we have a great laugh. Brilliant. And what role do you think Nordic walking has played in your recovery from your stroke? Well, it's given me my confidence back. I mean, sort of a couple of years ago, I couldn't have done this broadcast at all. I couldn't have stood up in front of half a dozen people and sort of 
ask them to do stretchings or warm-ups or anything. It's really brought my confidence, brought me back to being a human being in some way, back as I was, you know. So do you have a message for other people who are rehabilitating from a stroke who may be nervous about taking up Nordic walking? Do it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything ever. Just, I've done that all through my life and it's paid off for me. And if you're in any doubt, do it. If it hurts, it hurts too much, stop. If it doesn't hurt, you know, keep going until it starts hurting, you know. And I know you told me that you were stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm so glad that you have stepped out of your comfort zone because you're a brilliant guest and you're very good at answering all the questions. I just have two more left. Do you have a favourite step? And if so, what is it and why? It's the basic one. It's the posture. Yeah. Especially with the Parkinson's people. Once they start to stand up a little bit straighter, we're not expecting miracles. But if they stand up a little bit straighter, the whole of their body starts to move and swing. The motion comes. My favourite one for everybody. Brilliant. And finally, the podcast is called Walking on Air. So what is your top tip for walking on air? Go out very early in the morning with a couple of friends, like we did on Tuesday morning, in the beautiful sunshine little bit cold and it felt like champagne we were dancing and laughing and joking playing pirates on logs and there's no one else around it was silly o'clock half past six in the morning you know great fun absolutely fantastic Derek thank you so so much for joining us today I really do appreciate it and it's you've been a great guest so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with us Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Thank you. I hope that you have enjoyed Walking On Air. And if so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on and hit the subscribe button, particularly if you listen on Apple. It will help spread the word about Nordic Walking and about this podcast. If you have any feedback, suggestions of a topic or a story that you want to share on this podcast, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. You can also follow the show on social media. On Facebook, it is simply Walking On Air and on Instagram, the handle is walking underscore on underscore air underscore podcast. Have a great week and happy Nordic walking. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.